1: Welcome to the Civil Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Anthony Fasano, and this is the podcast specifically for civil engineers who want to succeed. I have a periodic co-host, as many of you know, Chris Knudsen, who's not with me here today, but he is here periodically and he's got some interesting episodes coming up for you as well. But today is a really, really interesting episode. I'm actually interviewing two people here, Christy Mirambel, who I'll introduce to you in a minute, as well as Ryan Hanneman. And basically, Christy's got a really powerful story she had. She was working for Ryan's company. She had a tragedy happen in her life. She decided she wanted to try to do something and and create her own company. So she actually went to her boss and told them that, and her company supported her and actually invested in her company, which is a really wild story. And we're gonna dig into that here in a minute. But before we do dive into the main segment of our show, I want to take a minute to recognize our sponsor for this episode of the Civil Engineering Podcast. That's right. We do have a sponsor for the CE podcast, which is pretty new. PPI came on with us last year for the our other podcast, but now they're on the Civil Podcast. And if you're thinking about taking the Civil FE or PE exam, I highly recommend that you check out PPI, the leader in civil engineering exam prep. PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL. That's civil, C I V I L, at PPI to pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com, and use the promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. All right, let's jump into today's interesting conversation.
0: Civil Engineering Podcast. Civil Engineering Podcast.
1: Now it's time for this week's Civil Engineering Conversation, where we talk with a civil engineering professional or professionals who have had success in their field or might be striving towards a specific goal and either need some advice, encouragement, or want to share their own story. And today we have two guests with us here today, Christy Mirambell and Ryan Hanneman. I'm going to just tell you briefly about our two guests, and then we'll dive in here and hear Christy's story. Christy Mirambell is the founder and president of Bell, which she founded in 2008. Her goal was to give industrial and commercial clients in the Gulf South, a reliable customer service oriented provider of engineering, construction, and management services, which is an awesome goal to have that customer service goal. She's not a stranger to these services. Christy's had hands-on experience on a variety of projects. She helped design and manage inspections for more than 100 offshore oil platforms in the Gulf of Mexico. She's designed major structures for chemical plants, She's worked on construction projects involving design, build, renovations, tenant build out, and new construction, and also is a key subcontractor for the Army Corps of Engineers. She recruits and trains new project engineers for some of the most important levee and flood protection projects in U.S. history. She's a New Orleans area native and a licensed engineer. She earned her bachelor's and master's of science in civil engineering from the University of New Orleans. I also have here Ryan Hanneman, the co-founder and managing partner of Audubon Companies and Audubon Engineering Solutions. Ryan co-founded Audubon Companies with Bob Roseman and Dennis Taylor in 1997 and has been instrumental in leading the company's growth to over 1,000 employees. As president of Audubon Engineering Solutions, Ryan manages all functional areas of the company and is responsible for leading ongoing business strategy and identifying opportunities for long-term growth. He earned a Bachelor of Science in Electrical Engineering from Louisiana State University. Christy and Ryan, welcome to the show. Thank you. All right. So, Christy, I was referred to you through a mutual friend and heard about your story of wanting to start your own business and then starting your own business. And I heard that, you know, you had support from Audubon, which is the employer that you worked for, which is why we also have Ryan on the show. So I think maybe the best place to start, Christy, would be Take us through kind of your thought process. I mean, you're a civil engineer, you're working for a company, and then you have some ideas about your own company. Tell us about the whole process.
2: Well, I started, my first design job was with Audubon Engineering and I joined them in 2004 and I just really enjoyed working for them. It was it was kind of like a family environment and and I just really enjoyed being part of that group. And then in late 2007, my uh, family experienced a tragedy. We had a double murder and I lost my way. And I was just looking for a way to turn a negative situation into a positive situation. And so one day I was sitting on the couch and my husband was outside cutting the grass, putting the lawnmower together. And I just thought, what if I start venturing out and create a company in honor of this tragedy so I can make a negative situation turn positive. So I walked outside and I told my husband that I wanted to start my own company. And he's, he has the lawnmower in 50 different parts. And he says, oh, okay. And I said, and I want Audubon to help me get there. And he says, well, why don't you go talk to Ryan? And Ryan's always been someone that I've gone to for everything. And so, on Monday morning, I was, I was excited. I felt like I was getting focused. I felt like I was making this negative situation in my life turn positive. And I just wanted to like create an atmosphere that like gave back to people. So I walked into Ryan's office and I said, I want to start my own business and I want you guys to invest in me. Hmm. And I was 28. So I didn't realize at the time that not everyone is open to investing in you. I thought I had a great idea. I was going to create a company that gave back. I was going to make something so negative in my life turn positive. And I was just filled with such great emotion that I was like, of course he's going to be on board. And he looked at me and he said, well, you got to convince me. And I thought to myself, why do I need to convince you? This is the best idea ever. <laughs> <laughs> and so he said, you know, put something together and I want you to present it to us. And I want you to explain to me why we should invest in you and what you want to do and where you want to go with your company. And so I went back home and I created a PowerPoint presentation and I went through everything of what I wanted to do and why I thought they should invest in me and how I wanted to give back. And, um, and we met and after the meeting, they looked and said, all right, we're on board. We'll invest in you.
1: Really amazing story. Ryan, uh, when Christy came to you initially, I mean, what were your initial thoughts? I mean, I guess you obviously said to her, tell us a little bit more, but what were you thinking?
3: Well, you know, I knew Christy very well. I recruited Christy from her first job, which was more of a construction management position. And uh, so knew her very well, knew, you know, knew her, her family, her husband, Craig, knew she was the right kind of person with you know, high character. And, and uh, Christy was always extremely ambitious My partners and I have always felt that people in our company who want to matriculate out of the company for whatever reason, if we don't have the right opportunities for them in the company, that's not necessarily a bad thing. Uh, And and we've always felt, we've always wanted to encourage entrepreneurialism and rather than lose a person like Christy from our our organization completely, since we believed in her so much, uh, we thought it would be a better idea to backer in the venture, you know, have sort of a a co-ownership role and go from there. And then if Christy creates something great, you know, we would be a part of it and we'd benefit from it, which is a lot better than her saying, I just want to move on and I'm leaving completely.
1: There's a bit of
3: risk involved in that, but, uh, you know, that's where uh, evaluating people comes in and and, uh, Christy was certainly the kind of person we felt was not likely to fail.
1: I really do think that's great. I mean, as a civil engineer myself, I worked for a company for a long time and their philosophy was, you know, we're going to support you in your career, support your professional development as much as we can, just to help you kind of grow and advance. And I always thought that that was a great kind of culture to be in, as opposed to some other companies where I've seen where, you know, you kind of just take the position that, you know, we're nervous about people excelling and then leaving our company. And I think that it's a tricky thing, but I think that it's great to be able to support the way that you guys obviously supported Christy. But let's talk about, you did mention risk. So let's dig into that a little bit. So Christy, Ryan heard what you said. He asked you for more information. You were obviously an engineer at the time. You were not a business owner. How did you go about putting together kind of a PowerPoint presentation business plan? How did you go about doing that?
2: So what I did is Out of respect for Audubon, I didn't want to compete against them or I didn't want to market to clients that I met through them. So ironic enough, it pushed me towards more of a governmental type of market. Which was fine, because at the time, we were New Orleans was recovering from Katrina. The Corps of Engineers has had tons of projects to do. So I just kind of changed my focus from the oil field industry, which was Audubon. That's where they did. And I had to recreate my career, because I've never worked in more like an infrastructure, governmental type of field. And so what I did is I started from scratch, and I just started marketing to the core of engineers and I tried, I started bidding smaller projects just to get my feet wet. Um, I really think being young and not realizing the risks, at the time when I started KBEL, I didn't see why it wouldn't work. My whole life I achieved whatever I did because I just worked so hard at it. And now that I'm older, I tend to be a little bit more conservative with my decisions in life. And But at the time I just figured I'm just gonna work as hard as I can And I'm going to just do what I can do just to survive and get work going. And that's what I did. I just started talking to anyone and everyone that would talk to me and I would go after anything. And then I had an opportunity to work as a consultant to the Corps of Engineers. And that really helped me out tremendously because it exposed me to a high level of construction and engineering fast paced because we had a certain amount of time that we had to get the New Orleans division infrastructure up. So within a year, we put out my group had $250 million worth of construction. So that was just, it was very fast paced and it was just, it was perfect timing that allowed me to kind of start jumping in and understanding. And it was moving so fast that I didn't have time to panic. All I did wow. was just keep working hard.
1: That's amazing. Now now Ryan, on your end, you asked Christy for information, you know, tell me more information so we can make an educated decision. What were you looking for? Were you looking for a business plan? Were you looking for a statistical analysis? What were you looking to feel comfortable with Audubon going in and supporting Christy?
3: The truth is what we needed to know, we already knew, which was what Christy was all about, right? She was a highly motivated, ambitious, smart person with the right personality and a lot of character. That's what we needed to know. We already knew that. What this was really all about is to get her to put a plan together and to, for her to come up to speed on what she was going to do and start refining the idea and everything. So it was really more about that as, as it's always been. I, I've, I've asked many people over the years to put together business plans for things. I, I never really did need a plan in order to have a, a real blueprint for starting the company, because heck, you could throw those out the window the minute the firing starts.
1: That's interesting. So let me ask you this question, Ryan, kind of in the same ballpark here, Christy has been successful because she is kind of the person she is, like we talked about. She's motivated. She's driven. She had a goal. She was going to make it work. And and I think you guys knew that and wanted to support her with that, which is great. But just in general, in the civil engineering world, we know how important it is to have these skills, to be able to go out and talk with clients, to be able to go out and get business, whether you're your own business owner or you're working for a company, it doesn't matter. I mean, these are skills that you're going to need if you really want to move up into management, into partnership, ownership. And you said you recruited Christy. So when you do recruiting or when you're looking at engineers, or even when you hire an engineer, how do you help someone with these skills or the things that your company might do? Like what advice can you give engineers to develop these skills that we're not going to get in the textbook?
3: Well, uh, first of all, I don't know that we've ever been Super successful at developing those in people. What we do is we try to find those in people. And uh, when we recruit, back in the days when, when uh, we recruited Christy, for example, it was, a, it was a one at a time sort of thing. You know, we, we weren't recruiting. We didn't have a program. We, we have a program now. And, and uh, the way our program works is we, we go out there, we recruit young people who are very personable, and uh, as well as being achievers, we look for people who have done things in their, in their life prior to coming on board with us. It, it could be extracurricular activities in school, it could be jobs. We're looking for busy people and busy people who have personality and who are enjoyable to be around. Once you find those people, the next step is to send them to the colleges. Once they join your, your, your company, send them to the universities, let them do the interviews, and we tell them, look for people you'd like to hang out with, with these other qualifications as well. And then you have the people coming into your organization who are already equipped with the kind of personality where they can deal with people, they're well-liked, and so forth.
2: Yeah, when I was with Audubon, we were a family. Katrina hit, we all moved to Houston, we all lived in the same apartment complex, but I felt an ownership of Audubon because like I was so loyal to Audubon and there was no way that I was going to sit there and allow someone else to come in and hurt my company. And I try to take that same feeling that I like to this day, I feel like I'm part of Audubon. Like if I go to a function and they say, let's do an Audubon picture, I'm in it. And the truth is, I've been at Kval longer than I worked at Audubon. It's just that loyalty. And I want people who come to work for Cable, I want them to feel that ownership as well. Like, I felt like I mattered. I was hired at 24 years old. But if Ryan and I were in the, by the water fountain talking, I was going to share with him if I saw that Audubon could go someplace else. I'm sure there's times where he just said, oh, okay. But it was like I felt passionate enough that if I saw an opportunity to make Audubon do better, I wanted to. I wanted to succeed. And I really I made true friends. I still have friends that I talked to that worked at Audubon with me. And there's just like there's just a form of camaraderie that I think is so important because we're at work most of our time. And it's like you want to be in an environment that you enjoy. You want to be in an environment like I always say that. I want people at KVEL to love what they do 75% of the time and hate what they do 25% because it's like you just you really need to enjoy it. It's not just engineering, it's life. You just need to be passionate about what you do. And everyone has something in their life that gives them that motivation, and it's just finding it. And I was just lucky enough to find it at, at the age of 24.
1: That's definitely like big testament to Audubon because I think if you're a, an engineering company, really any type of company, I mean, I think that's what you want your staff, your employees, your people to say is that you know, you want to have that family feeling. You want to feel like you're going to work on a team, you're working together. So all that being said, Christy, what are some of the things that you do to try to bring that culture to cable? or What have you done to try to keep that going?
2: As Ryan's explaining what he did with me, it's kind of funny because I didn't realize it, but I'm doing identical like K-Bell. I market to the people. If you want to start your own business and you don't know how, come work for me for about four or five years. I will teach you everything that I know. I will teach you what I've learned, worked, what didn't work, and then if you want to go create your own happiness, I want to be able to sit back and say. I remember when with those people. And, you know, I don't look at it as competition. I look at it as preserving our gross profit, because if we can saturate the market with good moral business people, we're going to outbid each other through strategy. I want to win against someone else because you are as smart as I am. I don't want to go against someone that I can just dominate by doing things immorally. And so it's like I just feel like if you want to become part of Kvel and you say, look, I'm looking for that next step in life. And I want to go in this direction. My slogan to all my staff is I want what's best for you, even if it's not what's best for KVAL. I just think that we need to give back and we need to look at others not as competition, but as another avenue of just creating really good businesses that are out there to do good things.
1: Wow, that's a great philosophy. And I get to talk to a lot of civil engineers that are up and coming, and that's certainly struggle sometimes to find that kind of a culture and to find that kind of support in your career. So it's great to hear that both of you are kind of building those cultures into your community there. It's definitely a very, a very promising thing. So with that being said, Christy, what are some of the, the challenges, there's goods and bads about every situation as the business owner now, as your, as your company's growing, what are some of the things that you're dealing with that you're trying to not necessarily overcome, but kind of integrate and deal with?
2: For me, it's the strategicness of knowing what to grow and when to grow it. So what I do is I, I try focusing on a piece of KBAL to grow to a certain level, and then I can branch away. First, I was so ambitious that I just wanted to dominate everything. And I, I couldn't. And, and I had to fail in order for me to realize that I have to be careful and strategic. And it's also personalities. I need to recognize the team that I'm putting together and how people work with each other. And that's where I think in Ryan, you know, kind of hit the nail on the head with saying that when, when they're recruiting, they're also looking for people who have similar traits and similar personalities that enjoy being around each other. And I've really focused on building a team that has kind of that ambitious side wanting to grow but i do recognize that you also you have to have a counterbalance you have to have the people that are the leaders and then the people that want to execute the project with you so i've been just kind of working with creating that another thing i've tapped into is i feel like a lot of the older generation is retiring and that knowledge is being wasted they're filled with so much knowledge but it's like my generation's coming in and we have computers and we have quicker and faster ways of doing things. So we don't want to do things by hand or we don't want to do it old school. But I think that there's a lot of knowledge that's getting pushed to the side because there's a newer program that can do it faster. But what we're not realizing, like at Audubon, they made us do hand calculations. Because they would say, you can put anything you want in a computer, but you need to know if a result comes out that's odd, you need to know enough to say that doesn't seem right. And so what I've been doing is I've been kind of focusing on getting someone who's ready to retire, has tons of knowledge, and partnering them up with someone who's up and coming. Just to where I can make a hybrid of kind of the old school and the new school to create an organization that kind of brings the faster pace that we have in our generation mixed with the fundamental knowledge that people who are retiring right now are taking from the industry and they're not giving back.
1: That's great. I mean, those are all really excellent points, especially that last one I really like a lot with this idea of there's good knowledge from people that are more experienced, different kinds of knowledge, and then there's different knowledge from people that may be new with different programs. Bringing the two together can really help you to have a very comprehensive kind of career, especially if you're younger. I mean, like mentoring is important and it's not always that easy to find a mentor. So it's nice that you're trying to facilitate that because we get tons of engineers looking for mentors and it's not always that easy to find someone to pair them up with. And I I guess kind of to that end, Ryan, talking a little bit about building a business, I mean, you and your partner started your firm back in 1997 and it's at large number of employees. I think we said like over a thousand employees or something in that range, but regardless in the number. Just talk for a little bit about when you start a company like that. It was you and I think two other partners, you get together. You can't say like in the beginning, you know, we're not gonna have a thousand employees tomorrow. So what are some of the things that you did from the beginning, if you think back, that kind of helped you to get to where you are today, where you have someone like a Christie speaking so highly of your company and the way it's been built?
3: The way Christy started her company was very similar to the way we started ours. In the beginning, you do form a plan and as we talked about earlier. Some great general once said that uh, no battle plan survives first contact with the enemy. And it's the truth with business plans, too. You start out with the notion of what you're going to do. And when that fails, as it almost invariably will, you you just got to be willing to do anything after that. And we were. And Christie has been. So along the way, you know, we're, we're an engineering consulting company. We don't produce a, a product, widgets. We don't have a lot of money in factories or anything like that. It's all in people in office space. And our product is our work product, and it better be good. So originally, we, we got uh, projects not from the clients we first thought we would, but from fabricators, construction companies, uh, anybody who needed any engineering done, and we got enough to get by. And along the way, we did a great job on everything we touched, and gradually that led to more work and more work. And what I learned is that in the engineering consulting business, you really don't need a lot of salesmen if you're doing a good job. Do quality work, mm-hmm. work will come. And I think Christy certainly runs her business by that. And, uh, and we do as well. And I think the company grew to, uh, I'm speaking of Audubon companies, uh, grew to probably, well, I'd say uh, 300, 350 people without any full-time salesmen really. In wow. early days, uh, now that's not the case anymore. You can't do that forever, I don't believe. But uh, but yeah, it, it was uh, so. That's how we did it, and uh, along the way, you reach new plateaus, and at each new plateau you run into another ceiling that's keeping you from growing more. And each time that ceiling is something completely different than before, and it's something completely unanticipated, and you have to learn your way through it. And uh, one of the things that uh, I'm fond of saying is that when you're running a company like this, you're very good at running the kind of company you were a year or two ago and not very good at running the kind of company you are today. And that's <laughs> all, always the way it is.
1: <laughs> it's funny because I, I watch the show Shark Tank often and they always say like, you know, when your company, to take your company from zero to a million dollars, you got a host of problems. And then when you want to go from like a million dollars to $10 million, it's a whole host of other kinds of problems. And, you know, every step like that, It changes. But it's interesting because the one thing, Ryan, that it sounds like has been really consistent for Audubon over the years is do quality work and invest in your people. Sounds like two critical ideas or or to hold throughout your company, because that is what kind of this world we live in is. I mean, and what kind of work that we do here in the industry is, like you said, the product is your work that you put out. And in this world, it's all about teamwork, people working together, servicing clients. And Christy, you have the same thing in your bio that I was going through before, servicing clients. And it sounds like you both are investing a lot in the people side of civil engineering. And I know that firms that I've spoken to, I mean, they do very well because they do that. And if you're listening right now and you're an engineer and you want to start your own company one day, or not even starting your own company, you just want to be a successful engineer in within the firm that you're in. This is a people industry. You have to connect with people. I mean, you may sit at your desk if you want to be the person that does a lot of calculations for the next 20, 30, 40 years. There may be a spot for you, but for most of you, you're going to have to go to a meeting. You're going to have to deal with uh, you know, an architect and the contractor on a site going through plans, going through problems that come up. And the more that you can invest in your own skill sets, however you can better them, or if you're building a company, running a company, make sure that you're recruiting the kind of people that can do that. That seems like that's what's going to help you to have success in this world. So it's been great. This has been a lot of great advice. I'd like to just kind of, as we close up here, a couple of questions I'd like to kind of fire at both of you and see what we can do here in getting a little bit more information to the audience. Christy, I'll start with you. Is there any specific like rituals you practice every day? Like, Do you have a specific thing you, have, you do every morning or things that you do on a daily basis that contribute to you being successful as an engineer?
2: At nighttime, I reflect on my day and and I'm always very thankful. Like I find that recognizing the small things that bring happiness, it allows you to be rejuvenated and then kind of to give back. So at nighttime, I just kind of go through my day and just think of, you know, things that I could show gratitude towards. And then it just reflects as who I am as a person.
1: That's great. How about you,
3: Ryan? You put your finger right on one of my real weaknesses is that I I should be more like that and I'm not. But uh, uh, I think one habit I have that's a great habit, there was a famous guy, really great man who died last week, I think, uh, Meadowlark Lemon. And a lot of people might not know who Meadowlark Lemon is unless they're old like me, but he was uh, one of the great Harlem Globetrotters. And, And he came from nothing, really nothing. And there was a quote that I read in one of his eulogies that I thought was great. It summed up my philosophy. He said, the most meaningless statistic is the halftime score. And in life, it's always halftime. And I thought that was a great line, a great way of thinking, because what it shows is that you need to put failure behind you. Who cares what happened yesterday or in the past? You know, you could be 80 years old and on your deathbed, and the second half is still in front. Hmm. And just play
1: in the second half and things will wind up great. That's a great quote. All right. Next one. Let's start with Ryan on this one. Ryan, is there a book that you might recommend to engineers or some kind of book that's been helpful for you in professional or personal development? I wouldn't
3: point to one book. I get asked all the time by young people at our company for suggestions of business books they should read. And most of the business books, you know, I'm putting air quotes around it that I suggest are fiction. Okay. Uh, Books like uh, Conspirata, a book about Cicero's life. Right. But it's fiction. I like reading fiction. I'm not wild about reading history, although I do it some. But when you read a a book like that by a great author like Robert Graves, he's putting all of his wisdom into that book. And, you know, you're learning about someone like Cicero or Napoleon or I'm I'm mentioning great politicians and conquerors, but it could be all kinds of people. It could be, you know, someone who started the Red Cross or something. But these are the books to me where, where you get great knowledge by great minds. All of these people who are great authors, one thing they have in common, right, is great wisdom. Otherwise, they would have never, they'd be forgotten by now.
1: That's interesting. How about you, Christy?
2: Well, I recently just finished The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, and I try to be very efficient in what I do. So that's kind of why I go towards that book.
1: So here's the last question that I have, and we call it the the civil engineering career elevator advice question. So if you got an elevator with a civil engineer, you had about 30 seconds to give them a couple pieces of advice for their career. What are the couple things you might say in that short time, Christy?
2: Well, my first is just to be humbled. I remember when I graduated from engineering school, I really thought I just knew it all because I accomplished something really tough and I was proud of myself and all this stuff. But then there came a part of me, a time in my life when I realized I didn't. And so the humbling part will allow you to learn because you're opening yourself up to letting other people teach you something. And you're okay with not being the one in the room that knows the most.
3: How about you, Ryan? Yeah, I would I would start with the uh, logistical part. Like, don't move out to the suburbs. You spend so much time driving, you know, that you could be spending on your on your career. And um have a good foundation in your home life. If you choose to get married, you know, make the right choice. It limits the distractions. You, know, you get a great foundation, and upon that foundation, you can build a great career. But within your career, when you're starting out, the best advice I could give is to get mentors. Mm-hmm. Reach out to people in the organization who are above you and pick them wisely and ask them to be your mentor. Ask them to meet with you regularly. And, and don't just choose one person. Choose, choose two or three. And if you do that, wow, the the advice you'll get as well as the support you'll get in your career, uh, I think will shock most people.
1: And you bring up a good point, Ryan, that I think a lot of times people are thinking about their career, but they tend to forget about the personal side of it is that, you know, your career. And I mean, in today's world, pretty much our careers and our personal lives are very intertwined especially with their phones. Everyone's connected all the time. So I think it is important to look at that side of things. And I, I personally never really had a long commute for that reason. I mean, I live about a half an hour drive from New York City, but if I commuted, it probably would have been like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes on a train or something. And I could have gotten engineering jobs here, but I didn't for a lot of the reasons that kind of you spoke about. And I think a lot of times as an engineer, you can call kind of, follow the, the shiny coin and say, this looks like a good job. It's a big company. It's in the city. But, you know, uh, so I'm either going to move in or not. And th- those are all important decisions. I mean, they all add up. They all add up to the outcome of your career. And I hope that as the listeners will consider all these things and really all of the great advice and, and points that both of you shared with us today. So thank you so much, Christy and Ryan, for taking time out of your day to share these points with everyone. We really appreciate it.
2: Thanks, Thank you. Civil
1: Engineering Podcast.
0: Civil Engineering Podcast.
1: All right. So thanks for listening today. I hope you enjoyed the show with Christy and Ryan. You can, of course, always find our episode at civilengineeringpodcast.com. You can always just do a search for the topic. You'll find today's show. You can re-listen to it. We'll have some notes there as well. And I'm just going to take a minute here now to just recognize our sponsor for today's episode and then sum it up with a couple of my own thoughts on today's points. Engineers often ask me what exam prep materials or review courses they should use when preparing for the FE or PE exam. Hands down, I recommend PPI. I personally use PPI's materials to pass my exams, and I recently had a chance to demo their civil FE and PE review courses. It's why I feel confident recommending PPI for those of you planning to take the next step. In your career, PPI is offering a special 20% discount to listeners of this podcast. Use promo code CIVIL, C I V I L, at PPI to pass.com. Again, that's PPI, the number two, pass.com. And use promo code CIVIL for a 20% discount. So I hope you enjoyed the episode today. Just three quick points I want to sum up from what you heard Christy and Ryan talk about. The three ones that stuck out for me was number one, invest in people and quality work. So whether you're running a team, whether you're owning your own company, you're thinking about starting your own civil engineering company, invest in people and quality work. The second takeaway was find mentors. And I talk about this all the time. Christian and I talk about it on this podcast, the Engineering Career Coach podcast. You've got to find mentors. And you could tell Christy's been successful in large part due to her mentors. And the other one that I thought that came out of this show, which I liked a lot, was consider the personal decisions in your career that affect you personally, like commuting. Like Ryan talked about how he decided he want to commute. These things is that we don't think about per se. We might look at the salary and say, wow, I got to take that job. It's a bigger salary, better position. But then I got to commute an hour and then you lose you know, maybe 10 hours a week with your family. So definitely think about those three points in your civil engineering career. And lastly, I also want to say PPI is also sponsoring our event this year, the Engineering Career Summit event. That's an event that we're putting down on down in New Orleans. In May, early bird tickets are now available. A tentative schedule is available on there with some great speakers. And you should check it out while our early bird tickets are in play. But basically, the event's meant to help you to build some of these seller-doer skills that you hear a lot about. Engineers that can do the engineering and that could sell the work and build the business and communicate with people. And so check out engineeringcareersummit.com and see if that's something you're interested in. You can grab a ticket or email us, anthony at engineeringcareercoach.com, if you have questions about that event. And until the next time, I wish you all the best in your civil engineering career endeavors.